Moses on his knees just crying out to God. God spoke back to him. said, what are you doing? Why are you crying unto me? Get up. Stretch that rod out over that sea. And take the children of Israel forward on dry ground. Bible doesn't say Moses said a word. He just took that staff, stretched it over that Red Sea. How long? I don't know. But the Bible says that night a strong east wind began to blow and blew all night. And when the children of Israel woke up in the morning, there was a wall of water on the left hand, wall of water on the right hand, dry ground through the middle. And Moses said, let's go. <laughs> what had God done? Work a supernatural Well, Brother Metter, that was Moses. So, Moses different from y'all? Yeah, but Brother Metter, God had been working miracles like that for Moses for at least, uh, I think he said it was a year that it took God to prove himself to Pharaoh and Pharaoh turned children of Israel. So for a year, Moses had been working in miracles. You think because Moses has been working in miracles? That he could just step out there and do a miracle and didn't have to fight the carnal mind, didn't have to fight unbelief, didn't have to fight the devil harassing him, didn't have to fight, wonder whether it's going to work or not. Oh, no, let me tell you. I can tell you. Doesn't matter what kind of miracles you have. Doesn't matter how great God moves. God speaks to you. you got to wrestle against your carnal mind, whether you believe God or not, whether you step out there speak that word. Whether you step out there and speak that word or lay hands on somebody or do what God tells you, that old carnal mind going to kick up. He's going to get up in your face and he's going to lie to you and he's going to tell you God ain't going to do it. I don't care what God said. God ain't going to do it. It's exactly what the devil's telling people today. See, God ain't going to do it. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. You know why? He's God. All he's looking at is somebody to be obedient. All he's looking at is somebody says, Pat, dare to believe him. Dare to believe him. Dare to believe God to be God. Man, there's something in me today that I am daring God to be God. And there's just something in me just reaching for God to reveal himself. I was listening to Sister Deborah tell a while ago, their little grandson Joshua, told him a month ago, when was his birthday? Last Sunday. He told him a month ago. He said, come my birthday, I'm going to have a puppy. Deb told him, said, look, son, we got too many dogs as is. We don't need another. I'm telling you, come my birthday, I'm going to have a puppy. Told him and told him and told him. You ain't getting a puppy. The day of his birthday, just walked out of his trailer. There was a puppy under his car. The very day of his birthday. Don't know where it come from. Don't know how it got there. Joshua's got a puppy. You know why? You know why? He spoke it. He spoke it. Y'all think creative faith is new? Oh, no. It ain't nothing new to God. Read your Bibles. Abraham. 
100 years old and Sarah 90. Abraham impotent, Sarah's womb dead, ain't never bore a child, doesn't cease to be with her after the man of women. God put a seed in her. 90 years old, Abraham 100, God put a seed in her, brought forth a child. And then even after Sarah died, at 145 years old, Abraham was marrying women young enough to, to have children and raising up seed all the way up to 175 till he died. y'all hearing what I'm telling you? Look at the miracles Moses done. Impossibilities. Did God not speak to me several months back and show me a word that was going to cause the faith of Moses, the faith of Elijah, the faith of these apostles in the early church did God not tell us that he was fixing to bring this kind of word and authority and I'm telling you it's here I'm telling you it's here you better take the limits off of God you better quit limiting the Holy One of Israel and instead of wondering if God's going to do it and getting all upset and doubt and worrying your worry ain't going to accomplish nothing your fret and doubt and unbelief ain't going to accomplish nothing but your faith in God will your faith in God will cause you to step forward your faith in God and it's what I told y'all last week. God told me, took me back to that vision of 98 where Moses died and he spoke to Joshua on the banks of Jordan said, Moses, my servant is dead. I looked at the tabernacle. The pillow of cloud was gone. Here Joshua was standing there. The pillow of cloud was not there. The pillow of fire never to be seen again. Moses wasn't there. He didn't have any leadership. He didn't have a word from the Lord. And God spoke to him I, and said, Man, get ready. I, you take this people and you arise and go over Jordan. I, and here Joshua was wondering, Where's my leadership? I, what am I going to do? What am I going to follow? I, and then God started laying out a brand new plan. I, in 1996, I stepped in an auditorium in Greenville, South Carolina. I, the whole congregation disappeared. I, I saw I, the Red Sea there. I, hallelujah. And I saw Moses part that Red Sea. I, hallelujah. And he walked over. I, the children of Israel went over on dry ground and the Lord said, I, you walk salt before me because you've never passed this way before. I, I am now going to do a new thing. I, are you hearing me? For 20 years God has been preparing us for a new visitation. I, a new working of the Spirit of God. I, my God when he, uh, when he put that anointing in Joshua, uh, he magnified Joshua in the sight of the children of Israel. Uh, parted Jordan. They went on a cross uh, and run into Jericho. Uh, and God gave him the word for Jericho. Uh, and by an act of God's hands, uh, he shook that thing down, uh, opened the ground and swallowed Jericho's walls up to the foundation, uh, went down in the ground. They said Jericho's walls was 80 feet high and 30 to 40 foot thick. They could drive Jericho. Uh, chariots around the top of the walls and have chariot races. God didn't crumble it down in a heap. If they had them, they'd have had to climb over a heap of rock, probably 40 foot high. God said, I brought them down flat, level with the ground. What did he do? He opened the earth under the foundation and they went down in the ground. And then he turned around and spoke to the sun and to the moon and told it to stand still. And the Bible said, and God hearkened unto the voice of a man where's our faith where is our faith where is our dare to believe God God's always showed himself to be God 
what I said. We'll talk about him, preach about him, testify about him, how great he is. There ain't nothing happening in our lives. Your testimony ain't what you say. Your testimony ain't the song you sing. Your testimony is the life you live. It's the life you live. You want somebody to believe in your God? Manifest Him. <laughs> Manifest Him. You can rest sure the one thing your pastor is. Your pastor is. I don't know when or where God's going to move on me. Something to shake things. Something to shake things. Y'all might hang your head and say, no, I don't go to New Testament church at LJ. What you going to do? God speaks to me. Go stand on the courthouse steps at Jasper at LJ and prophesy the word of the Lord. You going to be there to aid me and me? You going to be there to support me? You going to say, that's my pastor? You going to say, I don't know that man. Which one? I'm telling you, there's something in the making. There's something... There's something moving. This thing is coming into being. Hallelujah. I know that I know what my name is. Sister Vera Daniels finished her course. She kept the faith. She had done everything God had ordained her to do, and God took her home. And now God's taking his people on into this kingdom. No reflection on her. As great as Moses was, he come to the end of what God had him to do. As great as Paul was, he come to the end of what God had him to do. He said, I fought a good fight. He said, my race is nearly run. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Hallelujah. And there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. How many ministers got the testimony? They've kept the faith. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of ministers out there today like Herod. They've become rulers over God's people. They've exalted themselves and lifted themselves up and made themselves kings over God's people. And now my hunch. Mark my words, if I be a servant of the Lord, God will smite them. God will move them out of the way. They've got God's people in bondage. I remember A.A. Allen preached a message years ago. Prisons with stained glass windows. That people were sitting in churches bound by religion and bound by the doctrines of men. God will root up, tear down, pluck up, pull down, and destroy the doctrines of men. And he will build again the true foundation of the apostle and prophet's doctrine. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Uh, God spoke in that word. He said, I now uh, bring forth the five ministries into the earth. Uh, he said, I now put them in the earth and I send them forward. Uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers uh, for the perfecting of the saints. Uh, we got to have these ministries. We got to have this word. We got to have these anointings. Uh, my God, people run out here and started churches uh, when they ain't got no business starting churches. Uh, starting churches and founding people on the word is the ministry of an apostle. You ain't an apostle you better leave it alone. You ain't a prophet you better quit saying God spoke this to me and God spoke that to me. God's fixing to shame you. Everybody going berserk over this stupid chip. This microchip that they're putting in people's hands out in that plant in Wisconsin. Oh my God the mark of the beast is here. The mark of the beast is here. Ain't no computer chip going to cause you to serve the devil. Ain't no computer chip going to cause you to bow down and worship the beast. God told me two or three years ago, He said, the mark of the beast, He said, it's a spirit. Well, Brother Medley said it's going to be in your forehead. That's your mind. Spirit going to take over your mind. 
Brother Matter, they're going to put it in your right hand. The right hand's power. You yield to that mind, the power of Satan is going to get in you and you're going to worship the beast. This computer ship ain't going to make you worship the beast. People everywhere hollering, Oh, Mark of the Beast, Mark of the Beast, Mark of the Beast. You know what you're talking about. See, people's ignorance fixing to get them in trouble. Brother Meadow, when you're going to tell us? As soon as God reveals it to me. But I'm telling you, it's a mindset. It's a spirit going to take over your mind. That's the reason we've got to be renewed in the spirit of our minds. We've got to get that mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God and made of himself no reputation. Hallelujah. Everybody hollers about, well, we we, we got to press on. we got to press toward the mark. Don't even know what the mark is. Don't even know what the mark is. We got to press toward that mark, brother. Matter what is the mark? What is the mark we're pressing for? Paul wrote about it in Philippians three ten. It's the power of the resurrected Christ being revealed in us. It's the fullness of God in Christ Jesus. That's the mark I'm pressing for, and people don't even believe in that. They say, "Well, the Lord's going to come get us." Ah. If the Lord come get you, who's going to preach the gospel? I'm sorry, but y'all can take that thing and go to the devil with it. I ain't went through all these trials and tribulations and persecution and suffering in my physical body and warfare in my mind and all this to get ready to destroy the enemy, get ready to tear Satan's kingdom down, and then the Lord step in here and snatch me out. No, thank you. I'm not a coward. God's people ain't cowards. God ain't never took his people out of tribulation. He's took them through it. Did I not tell y'all that I saw the angel of the Lord come down from heaven? The Bible talks, I can't remember what chapter, but it says that a great angel come down from heaven with a chain and bound Satan for a thousand years. The Lord said that ain't no literal chain. He said that is the word of God in my people. That is the authority and dominion of keep a kingdom I, in my people that I'm going to bind I, the devil he ain't going to be able to do nothing I, for this thousand years that my people are going to rule and reign as priests and kings I, hallelujah they're going to walk in that kingdom authority I, a chosen generation a holy nation a royal priesthood I, a peculiar treasure a chosen people I, we're going to live as kings and priests and we're going to rule this earth I, we're going to rule with a rod of iron for a thousand years I, and every time Satan gets ready do something, we're going to look at him and say, shut up. Be still. Nope, you're bound. The Word of God in me binds you. Like Smith Wigglesworth. I don't know if y'all read much about Smith Wigglesworth, but Smith Wigglesworth was asleep one night. Something started shaking his bed. I mean, just vibrates, just shaking his bed. He woke up and looked up, and the devils are just shaking his bed. He said, oh, it's you. And he rolled over and decided to go back to sleep. The devil shook his bed and screamed at him. He said, don't you know who I am? Smith Wigglesworth looked and sat up and looked at him. Do you know who I am? And he told him. He said, you get out of my room. Don't you come bother me no more. Devil started out of the room. Smith Wigglesworth said, Wait a minute. You get over here and put my bed where it belongs. The devil come over and put his bed back where it belonged, tucked his tail, and walked out of the room in shame. 
because his power had been rebuked. That fear that he uses, them fear tactics that he tries to get in people's hearts and spirits. Smith Wigglesworth said, don't you know who I am? I'm a child of the living God. Get out of here. Don't you bother me no more. Don't you bother me no more. See, people are afraid. I know people claim to be full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost. They're afraid of the devil. They used to tell me, Brother Metter, don't, don't stir the devil up. Had a tent blow down in 1995 on July the 4th. I mean, I lost six, dollars $7,000 worth of equipment time you blink an eye. I wasn't there on the tent lot. I seen the storm on the news, and I headed that way. By the time I got out the door, guy watching Tick called me. He said, Brother Matter, he said, the tent's gone. I said, what? He said, just blew down. I said, I'm on my way. By the time I got there, the storm was gone. The sky was blue, sun was shining. Here my equipment was scattered all over the lot. Tent tore up. Part of the sound system. They tried to get under the tent and pray and rebuke it and when them big quarter poles come loose and hit a lady across her forearm and broke it I prayed to prayer for her and God healed her right there had to gather all my equipment up daddy had a church about seven eight mile up the road and we just moved the revival up there and I told the people that's working for me on the tent I said go get my other tent Do what? I said, go get my other ten. I ain't through here yet. Go get my other ten. They're about ready to pack up and go home. Discouraged. Well, we don't understand. We're down here trying to do something for God. Praying and fasting and out there sacrificing and God let the tent blow down. I said, is that all it takes to move you? Is that all it takes to whip you? Tear your faith down. I said, God, let this happen to try your faith. Sit there and look at me, that old whiny, snibbling, feeling sorry for yourself, spirit. Got no use for that junk. I told him, I said, Y'all go get Mother 10. I'm going to go home for a day or two and then I'm going to start the revival back in Daddy's church. We can get the other ten up. Heard the devil say, You put that up and I'll blow it down too. You know what I told the devil? I said, Go ahead. I said, God wants me in the tent ministry, he'll give me a brand new one. You blow that down, he'll give me another one. You blow that down, he'll give me another one. I said, I ain't afraid of you. And I come out a couple of nights later in Daddy's church, and I was snapping my fingers and high stepping and saying, Walking in the comfort of the Holy Ghost. Walking in the comfort of the Holy Ghost. I'm walking in the comfort of the Holy Ghost. They come to me after service and say, Brother Metter, we don't understand what's wrong with you. I said, Ain't nothing wrong with me. I said, Y'all the ones ready to give up and quit. I said, I told you this was a trial. We put the tent up. God finished out the revival. There was a woman there that got delivered from panic attacks. She couldn't even get out of her own house. Couldn't even walk outside. Before that meet was over, she'd driving 10 miles to the service by herself and then 10 miles home at night by herself. God totally delivered her. Are y'all with me? Our God is a God of creation. 
He's a God of creation. He brought Elijah on the scene. Elijah looked at Ahab and said, Ahab, he said, there ain't going to be no rain or no dew for the next three and a half years unless I say so. What a man. Shut up the heavens. Went and hid himself by the brook Kedron, and God sent the ravens with bread and meat to feed him. Stayed there at the brook, dried up. God told him to go to Zarpath. Went to Zarpath. Seen a widow woman out there. God told him, he said, I've commanded a widow woman in Zarpath to sustain you. Elijah said, oh boy. She got to have money. She got to have a nice house. She got to have food put back. My God, I get moved away from this old brook. Get moved away from sleeping on the rocks in the ground. I'm going to have a good bed. And I'm going to have plenty to eat. Elijah comes strolling in Zarpath, little old scrawny looking widow woman, ragged over gathering up sticks and God said that's her I just said who's her <laughs> he said that's the widow woman I've commanded to sustain you Elijah looked at her and said her he said yeah he said go up and ask her for a cup of water Elijah went up and asked her for a cup of water and she said I can do that for you head it off he said why are you going bring me a piece of bread she said, man, as the Lord liveth, as my soul liveth. She said, all I've got at the house is a handful of meal and a barrel of little oil and a cruise, and I'm gathering these two sticks. I got a little boy, and I'm fixing to go build a fire, make us a cake, make us some bread, and we're going to eat that and die because we ain't got nothing else. Boy, Elijah told her, fix for me first. She went in and started that fire, and I can see that little boy just awake. Watched his mama cook that bread and brought it out of the oven hot. She took it out of that oven. She wrapped it up. Mama, what are you doing? I got a man out here who's hungry. Mama, I'm hungry. She <laughs> don't understand there's something about this man. But Mama, I'm hungry. Something about this man. She took it over there. Elijah eat it. That little boy standing there watching every crumb drop mouth just to water for a piece of that bread. Elijah turned around looked at the widow woman said, now, I believe I'll have another and you can go fix me another and go fix for your sons. He said, she said, did I not tell you that that was my last handful of milk, my last little oil in the cruise? And Elijah said, did I not tell you that if you would fix for me first, the cruise of oil and the mill barrel would not fail until the day God sends rain on the earth. And man, that little woman took off running. Elijah and that little boy right behind her, she opened that meal barrel and there was enough meal in the barrel to make another meal. There was enough oil in the cruise to cook another cake for two and a half years every day. God supernaturally Wow! And then we doubt God and grumble. Fast at him and murmur. We ought to be ashamed of ourselves. We're serving a God of creative miracles. Man called fire down from heaven. A little while after he was living there, that boy died. Elijah went in and raised him from the dead. Are you hearing me? Then he went and prayed. <laughs> we stood the prophets of Baal. The prophets that eat at Jezebel's table. 850 prophets in all. Elijah withstood them. 
hear me? Fire come down from heaven and consume the sacrifice on the altar. Another creative miracle. Created meal in the barrel. Created oil in the cruise. Created fire and they come down from heaven, consumed the sacrifice. Spoke to the king's men when they come out there to get him. Burn up 50, another 50, come out, burn up another 50. Told the, told, told the heavens, you hold the rain, you hold the dew, unless I tell you, unless I command you to rain, unless I command you to do. And here we are, fussing and griping and complaining about God. Why God ain't doing this and why God ain't doing that. Let me tell you something. God spoke to us in Isaiah 55. He said, my thoughts ain't your thoughts, my ways ain't your ways. But I'll tell you one thing. I, just as much as the seasons I, are in my order and the snow and the rain falls and everything happens, I, he said, the word that I have spoken I, will accomplished that I, I shall send it to do and it shall not return void. I, it may not be at your time. I, God's thoughts may not be your thoughts and his ways may not be your ways. I, he may not move when you want him to or when you think he should but he is going to move I, according to his word and there is a creative I, faith being revealed I, that cannot return void. That word right there on that printed page that spoke out of my mouth on July the 12th, it can't go back to heaven void. It can't return to God void. It's got to accomplish everything in there. I heard a preacher preaching one time. And he said, up in heaven, he said, come and knock on the gate. Peter said, can I help you? He said, yeah, I'm the word of the Lord that went out through Brother John Metter on July the 12th, 2017. He said, I'm trying to get them people to believe God. They won't believe nothing. I'm trying to accomplish what you sent me forth to do. I'm trying to get it done, Lord. I'm, I'm trying to get in their hearts. I'm trying to get in their minds. I'm trying to get in their spirits. But, Lord, they just won't listen to me. They just won't believe. They just, uh, I don't know what to do with them. Get yourself back down there and accomplish uh, what I sent you for to do. You can't come back uh, to heaven gate void. Uh, you can't come back empty handed. Uh, you must accomplish uh, that that I sent you for to do. Word of the Lord can't return void. For God is not a man that he should lie the son of man that he should repent he said have I not said it shall I not do it have I not spoken it shall I not make it good God's not a man he can't lie he can't lie so next time you get discouraged and disgruntled and you start opening your mouths you better read that prophecy where God said you better weigh your words you better weigh your words because my spirit is going to put words in your mouth. You better weigh your words before you speak because your words shall be weighty and powerful. Y'all know how many times I had to bite my tongue keep from speaking things because I don't want to be out of God's mind and out of God's will and I don't want my flesh speaking. But buddy, when the spirit takes me over, I have no control over it. You better get out of God's way telling you God will now hurt some folks that is I hate saying God will hurt some folks you think you're going through some things good for you 
I've been through some things too. Fell off a roof, busted my body up. My kids wondering why. Me wondering why. Here I was traveling with tents, drawing hundreds of people, having great miracles, great deliverance. And here I am, busted up, laying in the hospital bed. Wonder where my miracle is. Fought for two months to three months, wondering where my miracle was. Brother Better, didn't you have faith? Yeah. But God brought me to the end of that measure of faith to take me into something deeper. Three years later, lightning hit her home. Saw my kids lose everything, lose everything they had in the world except the clothes on their back and shoes on their feet. Oh, man, that cut me so deep. I told God, I said, I understand your trials. I said, but my kids... I mean, I had to do a lot of praying to get through that one. And turn around 2014, put me at death's door again. <laughs> Haven't seen my wife go through the pressure, my kids go through the pressure. All the fasting and praying, all the sacrificing and giving, all the wearing my body out, driving 10 stakes, putting up tents driving myself fasting and praying two or three times to death's door trying to get something for God's people and you tell me you've been through something good for you you ain't been through what Job's been through you ain't been through what Job's been through and did not Job tell his wife shall we receive good at the hands of the Lord only and not evil also is that not what Job said? But in everything Job went through, the Bible said he charged not God foolishly, neither sin with his lips. You better close your mouth and bite your tongue. Because if God's trying you, there's a purpose behind it. But God has always been a God of creative miracles. You hear me? Elisha spoke to a woman that was old of great wealth. Told her she's going to conceive a son. She conceived it. He got up to be a young man. Fell down and died. She built Elisha a room on the side of the house. She took that boy up there and laid him on that bed. She went to her husband and said, Get me somebody that can ride me on a donkey. I'm going to seek the man of God. Because when Elijah got ready to speak to her and told her she would conceive, she said, don't you lie to me, man of God. Don't you lie to me. Don't you tell me that. I'm going to believe it. I know it's God. I know you to be a man of God. And Elisha spoke it to her and her in her old age conceived and brought forth a son. Then the boy died. Her husband said, well, what you want to go find him for? She said, you don't worry about it. He said, it is well. Elisha seen her coming a long way off. Didn't know what was wrong with her. God hadn't showed him. He sent his servant Gehazi up there to meet her. Gehazi said, Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy child? That child lay in dead. She said, It is well. You know why? She knew the word of the Lord that had spoken into existence. She got by Gehazi and went and fell down at Elisha's feet and grabbed him. 
didn't show him what was wrong. Her holding on to his feet, weeping, he said, is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with thy child? She said, it's well. And she told him what happened. He gave Gehazi his staff. Sent him in front of him, went and laid that staff on that child. Then Elisha came in, fell on him, and breathed in him, and God brought him back to life. A woman come crying to Elisha. My, my husband has served thee, and now my husband's dead, and I got all these bills, I got these sons to raise. He said, What have you got in the house? She said, Just an oil bottle. He said, You go out and get every vessel you can get, bring it in the house, shut the doors. He said, God's going to start pumping oil out of that bottle. It's going to fill up every vessel you got. She filled up enough vessels that she went and sold the oil, paid her debts, had enough money to raise her and her kids. All the rest of her life she was sustained because of a supernatural created miracle. Then here Elisha died with a sickness in his body. The soldiers running from the enemy carrying a dead comrade saw a cave and they throwed that dead man in the cave so they could run on get away from the enemy they got just a little ways down down the road and they heard somebody say hey y'all wait on me then throwed him in there on Elisha's bones and there's no power in that man of God's bones to raise the dead and then we doubt God we doubt God and gripe and complain and fuss God ain't moving like we think y'all be ashamed of yourself we ought to be ashamed of ourselves but this is the faith God showed me he's coming back he's being revealed it ain't 20 it's here now I'm telling you that word of the Lord I saw where Moses commanded the ground to open up under Korah them 250 men that ground opened up under Korah, Datham, and Abram. Swallowed up all their families. It went down the ground, and God closed the ground back over. Then God turned around and smote the 250 princes that rose up with him, killed them by fire. The very next day after the children of Israel seeing this, come out there against Moses and Aaron and said, We want to know what you've done killing God's people. <laughs> fell on his face and Aaron fell on his face started screaming out to God it angered the Lord so he went in the midst of the people and started a plague and when Moses knew that plague he told Aaron he said you grab a censer put fire in it and run in the midst of the people see if you can stay the plague before he could do it I think it was 14 almost 15,000 people died are y'all hearing me this is the God that's revealing himself. This is the God of our forefathers. This is the God of the two witnesses in Revelation 11. This is the God that will reveal himself at this time. This is our God. I mean, my God, we move in the New Testament. Elizabeth, old and well-stricken in years, conceived and bore John the Baptist. Then the Immaculate Conception, a virgin conceived Jesus in her womb. And then he went forth, and his first miracle was a creative miracle. 276 gallons of water turned to wine. He didn't get him a couple of gallons. 
He didn't get him a few gallon jugs. 276 gallons of wine. See how you figure that? Do you math? Said there sit there, what, five or six water pots containing, I don't know how many firkins it was, but I figured it up one time. Figured out to 276 gallons of wine. And all he done was told him to draw the water, fill it up. And they got it filled up. He said, now, take it out and bear it to the governor of the feast. He didn't pray over it, didn't wave his hand over it. Didn't go Yamaha, Suzuki, Honda, Maha. Dip it out, created miracle. Turned around, took five loaves and two fishes, fed 5,000 besides women and children. Turned around, took up 12 baskets full of fragments. And you think our God ain't a God of created miracles? He's never ceased to be a God of created miracles. Went into a city and they come to him and said, Well, we want your taxes. He looked at him, looked at Peter. He said, who do they tax? Who's supposed to pay tribute? Strangers or children? People. Peter said strangers. He said, we ain't strangers. He said, but nevertheless, lest we offend them. Go down to her to see first fish you take up, take the money out of his mouth. Go pay mine and your taxes. Created miracles. Created miracles. Created miracles. Spoke to the wind. Spoke to the sea. Spoke to God's creation. What is man but thou art mindful of him or the Son of Man? Thou hast visited him and set him over the works of thy hands. Everything in complete subjection to the Son of Man. And now everything in heaven, in earth, and in hell is subject to the resurrected Christ. The Son of Man's coming forth. This son of man's coming forth. You hear me? He's now being revealed. You want him revealed in you? Get the unbelief out of your heart. You want him revealed in you? Start pressing the Lord in prayer. Tell the Lord you want to be a vessel with clean hands and a pure heart. Tell the Lord you want to find his will for your life. You want to find your place in the body, whatever it is. Because the Lord has placed every member in his body as it pleases him. You ain't called to be a pastor. You can't be one. You ain't called to be an apostle. You can't be one. You ain't called to possess this kingdom. Get mad at me all day long. But when the children of Israel got ready to go across Jordan, two and a half tribes settled on this side. They didn't go possess the promise. Everybody ain't going to possess this. There's only one Paul. There's only one Peter. God's called you, chosen you, ordained you, and positioned you before the foundation of the world. you got to find your calling. you got to make your calling election sure. Lord shows me what your calling is and I minister to you what it is you better go after it. you better go after your calling you better get it and protect it start walking in it and working in it because God's bringing forth a body amen
How many of y'all believe God's bringing forth a body? And I've written down almost eight pages of notes and thoughts and scriptures right along the same line I've exhorted on today. There's four pages of that prophecy that you need to read. I've read it. I've studied it. I've dissected it. I've listened to it. Time and time again, every time I do, I feel this creative faith rising in my spirit. I feel it just something just working. I feel it alive in my spirit. I feel it in my mouth. I feel it in my spirit. I feel it in my mind. I feel God's ready right now to do creative miracles. Do you know there was a wicked king named Jeroboam? Evil. Moab rose up against him. So Jeroboam went down to Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat feared God. Upright man. He said, will you go fight against Moab with me? Jehoshaphat said, yeah, I'll help you. Got out there getting ready to fight against Moab. Couldn't find water for the soldiers. Couldn't find water for the flocks. Jehoshaphat said, send for a prophet. All oh, these prophets come and prophesied, and Jehoshaphat listened to him. He said, is there not a prophet of the Lord among these? And Elisha showed up. He looked at Jeroboam. He said, was it not for Jehoshaphat sitting there? He said, I would not even acknowledge you. He said, you go get the prophets of your father's speak to you. Jeroboam looked at Jehoshaphat and said, didn't I tell you? He never spoke nothing good about me. Can't speak something good when there ain't nothing good to speak. So Elisha said, bring me a musician, bring me a minstrel. That minstrel started playing the hand of the Lord come on him. He said, tell you men to get out shovels. Dig the valley full of ditches. He said, you ain't going to see wind. You ain't going to see rain. You ain't going to see clouds. He said, but God's going to fill the ditches with water. Early next morning, God filled the ditches with water. Moab on the other mountain. Saw the ditches filled with water. The sun hit them. God made them look like blood. They said, oh, all Israel slain. Let's go down and spoil them. They went down to spoil the camp of Israel and run right into an army waiting on them. They chased them all the way into their land, took their cities, took their trees, took their lumber, beat them down to the ground. And God had spoke that by the minstrel. Tell me God ain't a God of creative faith. See, but Elisha didn't speak that. Just a vessel of the Lord. Started playing. Spirit of the Lord, come on. We want to look at all these great men of God and set them up here. The Bible said Elijah was a man of like passion. He's just like you. But yes, he, he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not for the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again. God opened up the heavens. Of the heavens. Then we see the miracles of the apostles. 
What have we got to be discouraged about? What have we got to be downhearted about? We ought to be walking in total victory. Faith ain't what your eyes see. Ain't what your ears hear. It's that word of God in your heart. People's faith will go one way or the other on what they see, what they hear. Because they try to they try to follow God sense knowledge. You can't follow God by your five senses. God don't move by your five senses. I remember in, I was trying to remember what year it was. I can't remember if it's 83. It must have been 93. I was in Anderson, South Carolina. Opened up on a Wednesday night in a pouring down rain and had 186 people. And the revival went uphill from there having all kind of miracles. They rolled a woman in there in a wheelchair had been in the hospital for 30 days and they had her foot up in a cast in suspended animation. The doctor told her, said the last thing you want to do is put weight on that leg. Because you do that bone will shatter. I mean, had screws through that bone, had that thing in a cast almost up to her hip. Had screws through that bone. Told her, don't you put no weight on that leg. That thing gonna shatter. If we can't go in there and rebuild it, we'll have to cut your leg off at the knee. She said, okay. And they rolled around my tent that night. <laughs> we dig a ditch around the tent so when it rains, the water won't run up under the tent. They rolled around there in a wheelchair and sat her there, and I was preaching. Tent packed out. And I walked over to her. I said, do you believe God will heal you? She said, I sure do. I just reached down, caught hope of that leg, prayed the prayer of faith on him, commanded God to put that bone back together and turn around and start another way. I didn't even wait to see what was going to happen. I was walking in one of them high spirits of faith. I got about 15, 20 feet away, and man, everybody in that tent come up on their feet, started shouting and praising God. I looked back behind me, and here come this woman, casting all, following me up through the middle of the tent, shouting and praising God. She was healed. She went back over and started to sit down in that wheelchair. I said, don't you sit down in that thing. God just got you out of it. So she sat down beside of it. God went on. I don't know how many miracles he done that night. She was sitting on the back row with that wheelchair beside her. Husband pulled up the pickup truck. Got out to help her before he could even get out of the truck. She folded that wheelchair up, stepped across that ditch, hoisted that thing on the back of that truck. He looked at her. He said, well, what in the world happened to you? She said, God healed me. Can't you tell? He just stood there dumbfounded. So she went to the doctor. So the doctor could check her. They put that woman on three different x-ray machines. Couldn't find the plate. Couldn't find the screws. Couldn't find nowhere the bone had ever been broken. The doctor come in there for about five or six hours, scratching his head. He said, ma'am, I don't know what to tell you. He said, we x-rayed you here. We've sent you over to the ER. 
x-rayed you there. We've sent you to another hospital, had you x-rayed there. He said, there's something wrong with every one of these x-ray machines. He said, I've got your x-ray here where I operated on you, put that plate and all them screws through your bones. And he said, and these x-rays ain't showing it. He said, I don't know what's happened. He said, but something's happened. She said, oh, you mean like this? And she got up out of that wheelchair and started walking. He said, my God, woman, what happened to you? She said, I went out there at that tent revival and that preacher prayed for me and God healed me. His mouth hung open. She brought me the x-rays. I had the x-rays for a long time. And I testified about that miracle all over the country. All over the country. Y'all hear me? God is a God of supernatural miracles. And he is now going to build himself in a people that won't pull back and won't let that unbelief take over their hearts. See, I've, I've been preaching this kingdom when I didn't even know it was a kingdom. I preached this for years. And everywhere I went, God's always given me miracles. God's always given me great deliverance. I'm preaching out in Arkansas, and I'm fixing to bring this to a close. I'm preaching out in Arkansas, and a woman coming to church out there on the cane, little bitty church, wasn't a whole lot bigger than this. On the cane. She come up during prayer. I said, what happened? She said, I broke my foot. She said, that bone in there is broken. They ain't healing right. And they said, they want to re-break it. Said, I got a nerve stimulator in there to stimulate the nerves with a remote. She says, a wire and a thing they put in there on my bone. She said, now they want to go in there and re-break it. Said, I've been six months trying to get this thing to heal up right. I said, you believe God will do it? She said, yeah. She's standing there on your cane. On the cane. I said, that's your cane? She said, no, it's borrowed, so instead of breaking it, I just tied a handkerchief around it and handed it back to her. I said, you can take that home with you, and you put it up on a nail, because I said, God's going to heal you. I prayed for that woman, God healed her. I went on to another church about 30 miles from there, and I, I mean, church was packed out where I was, but it wasn't about 50, 60 people. Man, I went in that church out there, big church. Started running three or 400 people a night. Man, here she come in one night, walking. No cane, no broke foot. She come in there and stood up and testified and told them people what God had done for her men. Faith in that place went wild. And somewhere along the way, she sent me the nerve stimulator and the screws that they went in there and took out of her foot. Because that bone healed. Y'all hear me? And I had it for a long time, and I testified about that miracle for a long, long time. You met her. Wayne Curtis's sister. I saw her down Sister Patterson's here several years ago. They had one of their ladies' meets, and you know, they'll open it up on Saturday morning to everybody. And I walked in the door, and she looked up at me, got a big smile on her face, said, You know who I am? I said, No, ma'am, I don't. She reminded me of that miracle, said, I'm Sister Gwen Curtis's sister. I said, Well, praise God. Still healed today. Are y'all hearing me? Are we ready? Are we ready to move forward? What God tell you, He told you when He showed you Moses. He said, Tell the people, get up and go forward. What God tell you, He told you, said, We're well able to possess the land. Is that not what He said? Been telling us to move forward ever since. It's time to move forward. It's time to. When He spoke that prophecy, the first thing He said in that prophecy, He said, It's time to take a step forward into my kingdom. Are we ready? Or are we just going to keep sitting around in unbelief? I'm, I'm daring to believe God. I'm daring to believe God.
God. Hallelujah. People are going to get mad at me because I ain't going to pray for everything that walks through the doors. I'm going to be led by the Spirit. The Lord told me in 1981, I ministered to a woman. The Lord took me out in the vision. I seen a woman had conditioned her body, and I went and called her out. Never seen her before in my life. Told her everything that's wrong in her body, and God healed her. And the Lord said, if you'll wait on the working of my spirit, he said, there'll never be a failure. But I've prayed for many, many, many people just on my faith, and God's healed them. But Lord, I believe it's time we're going to be led by the Spirit of God. Everything Jesus done is led by the Spirit of God. When he got off that boat and come walking up that street, down that dusty road of Jairus' house, he knew before he got on that boat this morning, God was going to raise Jairus' daughter from the dead. Are y'all hearing me? He knew. When he walked through the gates of the city of Nan, he was going to raise that young man from the dead. He already knew why he was led by the Spirit of God. He said, I do nothing save what I see my father do. I don't do nothing save what I see my father do. We're coming into a perfected ministry of the spoken word of God. Man come to him in John the fourth chapter. Said, Lord, come down there, my child die. Jesus just looked at him and said, Except y'all see signs and wonders. He said, Y'all ain't gonna believe. He said, Go your way, your child liveth. Man believed him, went his way, got almost home, the servants come out to meet him. He said, Your child's okay. He said, What time did it happen? He said, Yesterday about this time, the exact time Jesus spoke. What a God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. God spoke in that prophecy that I said, I'm going to start giving you finances for ministry equipment, cars, homes, church buildings. I'm going to start supernaturally providing. And I'm daring to believe God. Y'all hear me? Start putting your faith in action. Start asking God to move for you. I mean, I'm thankful for our little old camper, but I'm ready for a house. I'm ready for a house. I'm ready for some ground to build that church God told me it's going to build up here I'm ready for some people to fill it up are y'all with me God has set the kingdom before us let's take him at his word amen will you go to the Lord with me in prayer Father I thank you for this word I thank you for the wisdom the faith the deliverance that you're revealing God I felt this thing in my spirit so strong this morning I couldn't contain it and you showed me these preachers who set themselves up like kings. They're ruling over God's people. Lord, you told me you're fixing to smite them and move them out of the way because they're not giving you the glory. Let it be, Jesus, that your will be done. God, bring this generation, this chosen generation, bring them up, Lord. Let them possess this kingdom. Put this word, put this faith in them that was once delivered to the saints. God, I don't care. If you got to bring them out of the world, off of drugs, off of alcohol, out of prisons, Lord, you said the harlots and the publicans will go into the kingdom of God before some of the people out here will. I believe you, Father. God, those people out here know they need help. God, people in church won't confess they need help. They won't confess how bound they are how messed up their lives are, what kind of spirits they're fighting. But these people, Lord, they know they need help. And when you deliver them, 
because you loved them much and set them free, they're going to love you much and turn and serve you. Let this word go down in people's hearts. Let it get in their spirits. Let this faith that was once delivered to the saints, let it get impregnated in their hearts. Give us thy wisdom and understanding, Lord. In Jesus' name, we ask it to be so, Father. Amen. I hope you all appreciate this word today. I'm going to tell you something. To me, this is life. This is life. This is life. The Bible talks about the movement of the Spirit of God being joy, unspeakable, and full of glory. It said the half has not yet been told. Amen. We ain't seen, we ain't seen just drop in the bucket what God wants to do. listening to old Jack Cole preach back in the 50s he said he's standing outside one night said Lord spoke to him said Jack find the little dipper he looked up and found the little dipper he said now Jack find the big dipper he found the big dipper he said alright Lord I found them he said now what you want me to find them for he said what I'm doing now is a little dipper he said what I'm going to do in the future is a big dipper then drop the bucket y'all hear me our God's a God of created miracles, a God of deliverance, a God that has never forsook us, never let us down, never failed us. Just because God don't move when you want Him to and how you want Him to, you better not fuss at Him. You better not complain. You ain't got no right. The Lord said, don't let the thing formed say, why have you formed me thus? Or the thing that frames you say, well, he may be, but he didn't have no understanding of what he was doing. Get yourself in trouble. God knows what he's doing. He knows you're rising up. He knows your down settings, your uprising. He knows your beginning and your ending. And God's placed us here to be vessels for him to live in. I don't know about you, but I'm excited. I am excited. We got a generation out here that does not believe God. They've never seen a healing God never seen a God of deliverance. Now they're fixing to see a God of miracles. A God of deliverance. A God that's going to take his vengeance out on sin. The Lord told me in 2004 he said I'm coming forth in natural disasters. Tidal waves, whirlwinds, hurricanes, earthquakes, floods like you ain't never seen the like. Have y'all seen the news here lately? Reading that prophecy. How God said as a sign of the latter rain he said I'd cause waters to rise Los Angeles is flooding like crazy they had to stop a train the other day the water's about to wash the dirt out from under the tracks I'm telling you God's confirming his word God's confirming his word hallelujah appreciate the Lord I need y'all to do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. Honor God with your tithe. Honor God with your offering. Help us. I'm so tired of having my hands tied and it comes to getting the quiver. Got on my lawnmower the other day to cut the grass the trailer. Didn't go 10 feet. It just died. Couldn't, couldn't get it started. Now the church grass needs to be mowed. My grass still needs to be mowed. I don't know what happened. The man said he's going to mow the grass for us. That's between him and the Lord. I'm not calling him to see what happened to him. I feel like if he's a man of responsibility, he'd call me and tell me what happened. So, you know, he 
said he'd do it. If he don't do it, ain't up to me. I don't know what we're going to do. We'll find somebody to mow it, but next couple of days I'm going to try to get finish getting my grass mowed the trailer and come down here and lease more around the church. I don't have time to get to the cemetery. I'll get to it next week. But we'll do something. Amen. I start telling God, it'd be nice to have one of them big zero turn lawnmowers. It'd make it a whole lot easier. Amen. It'd make mowing this church grass a whole lot easier. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I mean, you can do it on the ride more like we got, but man, that zero turn makes it a whole lot better. What'd be wrong with God giving us one? I mean, I hear preachers testifying God giving them jets, God giving them $250,000, $300,000 Bentleys. Got a man that I know ain't got nothing in God, and a man rents him three Mercedes every year through his business. He drives a brand new Mercedes every year. I said, God, all I'm asking for is a lot more. <laughs> I don't need no $100,000 car to drive. My God, people, I preached to if I drove up the $70,000, Mercedes, I couldn't even get gas money. They look at me and say, well, he got plenty of money. That ain't the way it should be. And I don't believe that's the way it's going to be from here on out. I believe people are going to give because they love God. They ain't going to worry about what you got or what you don't have. Amen. Will you stand and come in honor of the Lord? Please do what's right in God's sight. We need your help. We need your help. I need your help. God, does God need my money? No, he needs your obedience. God don't need your money. Amen. Love you. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to tell you something. I don't want old-time religion. I want the latter reign of the Holy Ghost. Amen. But I will tell y'all this. God spoke in Joel and said, I'm going to give you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain. And I'm going to cause it to come down for you in the first month. There is an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in tongues of fire that's never been given that we fixed to get. I saw it in 93. I saw God pour it out on us. But God ain't going to stop there. He ain't going to take us on into the latter rain. You can't have the manifested sons of God ministry until you have the ministry of the Son of Man. And I told the Lord the other day, I said, I think I, you know, I used to write a blog every now and then. And started posting it. And I started that because I'm going to start revealing this kingdom. So many people come against me. So I'm going to put it on private page now. And if they go there, I done told them, I said, you go to my private page and read it. I don't hear nothing out of you don't want to read my stuff, don't go to my page. Because it ain't public. you got to go there. you got to go to the link. you got to type it in. you got to go there and read it. If you don't like it, quit going there. Because I don't want to hear your criticism. Because I know what God's showing me. Hallelujah. Do you love him? Let's ask God to bless. Amen. Let's ask God to bless this offering. Please be obedient to the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for these people, and I know you're molding them and making them, bring them forth in the power of this kingdom. I know you are, Lord. 
God, I know you've set us here, Lord, and isolated us for a reason. God, you put Moses on the backside of that desert till you spoke to him. You put John the Baptist in the wilderness till you spoke to him. Lord, you put Jesus in the wilderness till you visited him. Lord, I know we're at the door of the revealing of this kingdom of God. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to understand. Strengthen us, Father. Help us walk up right before you and lay hold of this kingdom. I give you honor and glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All hearts and minds clear? All right, for those of y'all don't know, we put the church baptism off to the last Sunday in August because there just wasn't no way we could get up here and get it done after having to go down and preach this Daniel's funeral. Just, just wasn't going to work. Just too pressured, too stressed, pushed us too hard. So 